2: in and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com Forward man is very vocal. Rodgers
0: is streaking ahead and he's onside.
2: Beautiful play! That is that! What a good shot! <laughs> <laughs> oh, a goal! Mike Haynes down! Barth post for Shearer, goal! McLaughlin has it. Hard oh,
1: deflection and the goal! Gets to Mitchell! That's another goal! Incredible puddles! Going yes. New bet. New bet. No I would win this league anyway. Richard. He's hit it. It's Gladwell! Colin Doyle strikes again. And a
0: brilliant goal! Terry. Good evening, Rich. It's not quite evening because because we're both dads and have small windows of opportunity. We're actually doing this a little bit earlier. So it's probably from my side, but apologies in advance if you can hear two children in the background at any point in this podcast
1: living their lives. How dare they, Terry? Oh, well, Quite exactly. More importantly, I think you've opened up a, a Pandora's box of debate there. 25 to 6 is definitely evening.
0: Oh Terry, I don't even know what time of day it is anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Yes, uh, yeah, okay. Well, let's, let's leave it to the listeners.
1: I, I live my life in perpetual three-hour loops now. So,
0: um... <laughs> oh, how is it going? How is parenthood?
1: Yeah, it's 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 uh, it's as hard and as rewarding as everybody told us it would be. I think is the, is the easiest way <laughs> to sum up no it's all good yeah and well done
0: for not putting it in football terms (laughs) i don't even know how how i would do that um
1: (laughs) and what, what i will say is it sort of bizarrely warped my relationship with with football and with with the football club because on the one hand it's significantly down the list of priorities but on the other hand um I only sleep for six hours a day now, not nine. So you've got loads of time to fill at really random hours. So <laughs> you do get, you do, you do in a weird way get, get sucked it in, set, sucked into stuff way more than you ever used to before. But on the, in, in the same breath, you also care way less than you did before. So very bizarre. Yeah. Nine hours. Well done, old Terry. Oh, I'm, a, I'm, look, one of my key skills is sleeping on demand wherever I want immediately. So.
0: Oh, my goodness. I can't remember the last time I slept more than six. Well done, you. Okay, let's talk about Swindon Town 3, Harrogate Town nil. Um, As routine as routine can be. Well, let's get straight into it, really. This isn't going to be the longest episode in the world because of this window of opportunity we have. And I love you for logging in for this, Terry. The lineup was Bryn, Hutton, Iandolo, Clayton, Brennan, and then Kane, McKechran, Williams, Hepburn Murphy, Wakling and Austin up front on his own. We saw Kaji Tomlinson, Adaloy Shade, Darcy uh, in the second half while well, Kaji in the late stages of the first half. On the lineup discussion, when 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 I saw this lineup, I thought this was Jody Morris clearly setting up Swindon to exploit Harrogate's notoriously leaky defence.
1: Yeah, I think that that's fair. I think it it was quite an aggressive lineup. I think um, the idea of playing, I I guess the choice was, do you bring in Kaji or do you bring in Williams? Or or, or, let me rephrase that, Williams was always going to come back in. But in terms of, do you bring in Williams as a like for like, or do you bring in Kaji for Khan and then rotate out one of the other forward players for Williams? And, and, And clearly it was very much a case of, we're just going to put all of our talented forwards or, or sorry all of our talented footballers on the pitch and see what happens and know that that will be enough to 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 beat Harrogate and it, and it really was more than enough without without really breaking sweat they were they were pretty terrible um but i i think what was interesting is that we it, it we'll get into the debate around whether we played well or not in a minute and in about 90 seconds i'm going to start booing because the the podcast is going perfectly and yet i'm going to boo after five and a half minutes for absolutely no reason um we should have coordinated that we should have got like connor to just log on at five five thirty in and just boo us for no reason yeah, for parent chat how
0: dare they but it was all building up to the main event
1: exactly <laughs> 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 booing for a booing an intro um, oh, that's what I, was I thought what's interesting is we're starting. I, I certainly think we're starting to see this, see what Jodie Morris' team plays like, um, and if you park the fact that we are really, really threadbare in, it, particularly in the in the defensive half of the pitch. Um, the, the the differences between a Jody Morris side and a and a Scott Lindsay side I think are really starting to become quite apparent now. More probably more off the ball than on the ball. So so I think I think it's interesting that we're we're starting to see the impact of, of Morris and and presumably Ed Brand, although um whether whether Ed Brand actually exists or is a or is a mythical creature like Milan Misson we'll we'll soon find out. Um but yeah it was it was it was routine but interesting in so much that we're starting to see some interesting bits and pieces.
0: Yeah, and you, you've you've
1: ticked off
0: most of the main talking points um, of this game in 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 one very succinct package. But let's, let's break break it down. We'll start with Harrogate Town, and probably the right time. Uh, I think the only bad time to play Harrogate this season was the opening day of the season. Matt Romaine says <laughs> Harrogate were awful. Rob Dinsey, Harrogate Bobbins. Bernie man, how bad a Harrogate felt more like a friendly. So the positive thing is we swept them aside quite easily. Tom Jenkins says, admittedly, Harrogate were beyond awful, but how many times have we failed to put teams like that to the sword? And finally, Danielle Wilson, who says, we needed to play a team like Harrogate to boost confidence. We were better, but Harrogate were not good. You won't see, Terry, many nothing performances like what we saw this weekend in Harrogate, I think the only time they really laid a punch on us was literally the last play of the game. But I'm not complaining in any way, shape or form.
1: No, and I, I think what's interesting is the is the amount of debate around whether we were good or not. And I don't know if this is normal for all, cl- all fans of all clubs, but f- for me, if you can win a game really, really comfortably... Without the opposition laying a glove on you, with with you know scoring three goals, clean sheet, five subs, plenty of rotation, plenty of minutes, one of your, one of four scoring their first goals for the club, and you can do all of that in second gear. That's perfect, right? Like, why do we, why do we want why 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 do we want to run around at a million miles an hour and and chase everything and kick everybody and hoof the ball forward every time? Like, that it was. We literally couldn't have asked for more yesterday. It was, it was, it was perfect. In so much that you, the the whole point of this sport is to win as many points as possible by exerting as little effort as possible because it's a long season, and you want to keep your players fresh and fit and rotated and, and, and whatever. So, from that point of view, it was it was ideal. I, I, I failed to struggle. I failed to get to, to see how anybody can. Can criticise us, but obviously lots of people are. So that, that, that's when we get <laughs> to that. I think for for me, Harrogate are the worst side we've had down here since I was thinking about this last night. he has got to be since uh, since the Bengana Scunny give give me, hasn't it? Yeah, that say yeah. that uh, saved his job depending on, on whether you believe the rims or not.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree, Scunthorpe last season, and even then they took longer to break down or for us to score against them, which makes the next segment quite odd Um, Robert Hammond says fans were a disgrace booing at nil-nil within 15 minutes some are only happy when complaining it doesn't help during the game Neil McLaughlin says I really do worry about some of our fans and their booing they just need to believe in themselves a bit more and we will have a great season and Helen Smithy saying the booing so early into the game was so unnecessary and pointless what does it achieve the players hear it. it doesn't help them. yes Harrogate were poor but we can only beat what's in front of you. So, I mean, they're all right, aren't they? I I got to be honest, when I heard it, and it wasn't a majority, it was pockets, but very audible pockets because the atmosphere was so flat and more of that a little bit later. It's so weird because we're, we're talking about a manager or head coach in Jody Morris who has openly talked about mentality being an issue. And the last thing you want is fans booing because they're being accused of timid, unimaginative, sidewards, backwards play. And yet the, the, the bigger picture is, I mean, frankly, the first goal starts from the back and is patient build-up play that results in a goal. I, I just, so early into the game, with nothing going wrong before that, there were no mix-ups, there were no close chances for Harriger,
1: I just didn't get it. Yeah, it's it's... I think this is really hard for um and without bigging ourselves up too much two sensible people to have a discussion about because it because it's so illogical and and so ridiculous that of course we're going to sit here and go we don't get it because we're not complete lunatics it it's it's it was so weird it, we literally were booing our centre halves for passing the ball to each other Three minutes into the game, we started the game really well. Like, opening four or five minutes, we were just we were just dominating the ball. We just had the ball, um, and 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 I don't know like, how do we, how, how do we have a sensible conversation about this, rich? Other than you know, you've got loads of wrote loads of listener submissions going. It was mental. It was ridiculous. What on earth are they thinking? You have got me and you sat here going. It was mental. It was ridiculous. What on earth are they thinking? Like, how do we have a? Who are these people? How how do we have a how do we have dialogue with them? How like how do we have a conversation with them? What were they booing? Why were they booing? What do they want to see instead? Like, there's so many valid questions. Like you're booing your centre half for passing the football to his partner. That's all it is.
0: Yeah, Jody Morris post game says there were moments early on where I thought the crowd were getting on to them harshly for making too many passes. I do actually mirror the feelings of the fans sometimes. They are right on some occasions, but wrong on others. I thought it was pretty immature to be booing that early in the game, but I actually do agree with some of the sentiment behind it. But I don't agree with the booing. That is the beauty of football. We all have our opinions, but I don't agree with the act of booing that early. And But I think what Jody Morris is saying there is like he's trying to shake out some of the old mentality the, the the scott Lindsay era and maybe he was watching it and going oh that was one too many but at the same time you don't need to do it
1: yeah look, and i think i think um credit to morris as a side note how good are his post-match interviews compared to <laughs> compared to the absolute dross we were served up for the first half of the season i think andrew hawes asks one question and uh Morris just sort of tells in the story of the game and his emotions and feelings <laughs> it's absolutely brilliant. Um but anyway, I think what Morris is saying I I I'm, I think here is that frustration that in the opening periods we were turning down forward passes is fair, right? Like because Morris is frustrated by it. And 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 that's fine, but I mean, let's take one one thing straight here. No fully grown adult should ever boo anything ever because look at yourself go and if you if you boo go and sign in the mirror and boo and have a look at yourself and think what on earth are you doing you're stood there making this horrendously strange noise because you don't have the the the, the verbal intelligence to communicate your emotions and feelings and opinions you're just absolutely ridiculous but anyway morris clearly wants us to move the ball quicker and not turn down forward passes and in the first five minutes there was maybe two occasions where we turned down a forward pass when we well, there, there was a forward pass on and we, we chose not to do it we came back inside now if that's the choice we make that's the choice we make i'd rather they did that than lump it and lose the ball so you know if we start games cautiously and keep the ball for the first three or four minutes then that's absolutely fine it's Yeah, I just come back to the fact it's very hard for two reasonable people to have a conversation about it because it's so far outside the mindset of a normal, reasonable, intelligent
0: person. Yeah. And the notorious Swindon Town wind tunnel was quite significant this weekend. It was very windy, so the long balls weren't really working. That was evident from very early on. And I think there were two times where Kieran Brennan was getting stick for playing defensive passes instead of getting it to Hutton and Hutton did sort of like a, "Ah, give it to me sort of thing. But Brennan's been under a lot of pressure recently and he doesn't want to play anything that he feels is a, is, is riskier than just getting it to the person closer to him. And I thought he was fine until he went off injured, sadly for him. He he had a decent showing, but it's so early in the game.
1: Yeah. Brennan was unremarkable. Um, the, 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 The irony for me is that the two bouts of booing were the were in the lead up to the two goals, um, and, it, and if nothing if nothing can, can jolt you from your idiocy, then if that doesn't then then there is no hope for you. I think the, the other thing to pick up on is uh, Jody Morris saying it was immature for people to boo. I am going to hasten. I am going to I am going to guess here that the average age of the people who thought booing was a good idea was about thirteen and a half um you reckon i think so yeah i mean you've got obviously you've got the the nutter who sits in earshot of andrew Hawes on com shouting forward every 3 seconds but i think most of it most of it sort of come out of the town end and i think either a physical or mental age of 13 and a half seems to be the the going rate right in there at the moment so um see now this is where we disagree because if if you were to ask me
0: what the average i would say 50 <laughs>
1: I would, I would <laughs> say it's
0: the older guys
1: it that do the booing. Uh, classic bell curve of age here, when it, and it's and it's both ends. <laughs> <laughs> who knows? Who knows? let one thing straight: if you're, if you're a fully grown or even half-grown adult who thinks booing anything is a good idea, certainly, uh, you know, um, eight minutes into a home game that you're in control of, just, just give up, mate. Just, just, just quit. <laughs>
0: Yeah, except when they're booing with something I approve of. Obviously, big hypocrite warning. You know, <laughs> I, I don't boo, but if they're booing something like we've lost ten games in a in a row, and the uh, the, the the head coach has chained themselves to the dugout and they're not leaving, and then let them boo. <laughs> but, but this sort no, of stuff just, is silly. That, that's that's what
1: swear words are for, Rich. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, oh, yes, quite. <laughs> fully, yes, quite. Fully grown, fully grown adults can say words rather than make noise. Like it's you know.
0: <laughs> oh, and they do. They do. They're, they're, they're more. Yeah, they they really mix it up when things are that bad. Yeah. The the atmosphere yesterday at the county ground was, as it has been all season, but it felt particularly flat uh, this weekend. And and. That's why the booing was so prominent or could be heard because there was nothing, and the town and really didn't get singing until after Tomlinson came on and after he scored somehow. And then uh, when Adeloy came on, and, and I'm more than happy to be firmly corrected on this, but the Adeloy chants sound a little bit mick taking as opposed to genuine encouragement, especially when they were saying when Adeloy scores, we're on the pitch or wherever the chant goes. Um, but just so, so, frat. it almost, that game for me, and I said it in the presser, I thought Swindon would win this game comfortably, and they did. And if they just upped it by one other gear, I think it could have been four, five, six. Didn't need to, brilliant. But there's nothing at the moment in the counter ground. It's not fun going to watch Swindon, and it's not just because of the football. It's just the general monotony at the moment. You go in there, and everyone feels like they're there, out of habit and i'm kind of concerned with season ticket prices set to be announced for the 2023-24 season what impact that might have because everyone seems to be going through the motions at the moment
1: yeah i think you're right i think um what why would that be happening i th- i think you can't underestimate the reaction to what was quite frankly a disgraceful january both in terms of but both in terms of transfer dealings and in terms of the horrendous horrendous delay in replacing scott lindsay so it's, so when you when you have both of those plus let's not forget they've sold pretty much anybody with a connection to the club um Obviously, Charlie coming back was, was is fantastic, and and he's been he's been outstanding um, both on and off the pitch since he's arrived. But outside of that, there's not really much personality or connection to this to this group of players yet. Plus, we had a very strange four weeks with no with no manager. Plus, we had. A whole bunch of transfer dealings that I don't think any any sane Swindon fan will, will agree with or think is smart, coupled with some just awful form, which basically means that we're tracking to be mid table. Also, runs in the fourth tier. It's very hard to 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 have any sort of uh, positivity or momentum in those home games. I think what's actually extraordinary, Rich, is that we're still getting eight and a half nine thousand through the door. Um. You know this, this this exact set of circumstances three years ago, six years ago, we'd have we'd have had five and a half thousand there yesterday if you're lucky. So I, I, I'll go easy on the home fans. I don't think there's much joy or or or, or fun to be had um, on the whole. But we are still turning up week in week out, and I think we're probably who was the next home game is Carlisle, isn't it? Um, which you know and they they'll they'll travel well I saw you know they they pretty much sold out Crawley away yesterday that they're having a fantastic season um got a sobering thought seeing them in second isn't it jesus um so at least that will have the feeling of um of a sort of bit more of an event than than, than yesterday did and you never know hopefully just, you know a couple of back to back um results on the road for us this week might just start getting people interested again as the weather turns and we start looking at the running. But February, particularly as a Swindon fan, because our Januarys are always crap. February just always seems to be a bit naft, doesn't it? And it's it, it's hard. It's hard to. I'm certainly not going to criticise the, the 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 fans who turn up week in, week out in their numbers and don't boo, um, because because they are there and they are they are showing up and there isn't much connection or personality in this team to get behind yet. Um, so hopefully, hopefully we'll see that build over over the next couple of weeks, and and we'll have an outside chance going into the running. I think that's pretty much all we can ask for. Though.
0: Yeah, I completely agree that the numbers that we're getting, despite the level we're at, is brilliant. Eight thousand seven hundred fifty-six for this one, and only seventy-three. Goodness me, um, coming from Harrogate, their fan base anyway. And um, I said it after the Ginningham game, just when. A crowd of away fans turns up. It makes so much difference.
1: Yeah, it, it absolutely does. Yeah, because you, you, it gives the gives the afternoon the, the the feeling of an event and in a competitive fixture. You know, yesterday did feel like a preseason friendly. There's some one of the as, as one of the listeners said, it, they they were dead right. A preseason friendly, or um, or, you know, or or a or a cup tie that that the other the other side hadn't clearly no opportunity or chance to win um so look. You know, it was it was an uncompetitive game and, and and that's just it's just one of those things but um what I will say is our away support is still absolutely outstanding and and given the fact that I can be at the Northcote seven minutes walk from Orient's ground in about 12 minutes from my house um I'm very very much looking forward to next week um and I'm sure Everyone who's travelling down is, is looking forward to it as well. And our, our away support is night and day to our to our home support in terms of intensity and 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 sound and positivity. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um and yeah, we just we just we just need we need we need something to play for, right? We need something to play for. I was having a chat, you know, going off on a bit of a tangent, I was having a chat with um a couple of the uh a couple of the London Reds um on on, on WhatsApp in the middle of the night, as you do when you've got a five week old baby. And and bemoaning the fact that we're all, we always seem to be last on on the football league highlights. But yeah, because we're not going up, we're not going down. We're, like, we're we're unless you are a Swindon fan, we are completely and utterly irrelevant at the moment. And and we've got a we've got a fight for that relevance again. And we've got a fight to create a story. And there is no story, and there is no connection or relevance at the moment unless you are a huge Swindon fan. And that's that's coming through in in the home crowds. I think. Yeah, good point. You mentioned. Jodie Ball,
0: well, he didn't say Jodie Ball, but Danielle Wilson also commented that the transition from Scott Lindsay to Jodie Morris has begun, and Tim at the Town saying, starting to see the beginnings of Jodie Ball. What are we seeing that's different?
1: There's two two major things I picked up on yesterday, one on the ball, one off the ball. So off the ball, we... and uh, um, Shout out to Joe Acklam on this as well, because I think he coined the term funnel-pressing and i guess it's we're talking about similar things here but off the ball the um our desire to win it back quickly and how compact we are and how we press and hunt in groups i think is definitely something that is, that is different to to a scott lindsay side um i'm trying to sort of throw my mind back to lindsay but generally it was when we did you know dominate the ball at all costs and when you do lose the ball I seem to recall, we just sort of we just sort of fell back into a shape. Whereas here, um, what we're starting to see is you lose the ball, you win it back, which is a classic. Um, I think uh, Pep always talks about this, doesn't he? So just don't worry about discipline or, or defensive shape; just win the ball back because if you get the ball back, they can't score. So I think we're definitely starting to see that compactness and and intensity outside, outside out of possession, and then in possession. The one thing I picked up on more than anything yesterday is. Um, when Kane and particularly McKechnie, and I think McKechnie is really really important for this, when they when we find them, they are looking forward as their first pass more. And when they do look forward as their first pass, we look really really dangerous. All of our all of our uh, attacking uh, prowess, if, for the one of the better word yesterday, started with Kane and McKechnie picking up the ball deep and their first pass being forward um so i think i think we're starting to see morris get into the team that that we do need to be uh, a bit more direct and it's not it's not being direct in in terms of going long but it's more vertical passing um which we're starting to see seep through now so it'll be interesting to see this week against two decent sides away from home whether we can um continue those trends McEachran
0: started really well. I do worry that he might break down at some point. That's just me being pessimistic, but
1: oh, he, he is definitely going to he's definitely gonna break down at some point. For sure. Like he, it's just human nature, right? Like you've just gotta hope that he gets through the next four without Khan. Um and then maybe we can give him a week off and, and he can sort of reset. Um more importantly, put a two year contract in front of the kid, please. Like, yeah. you want to talk? You want to talk about about sensible transfer dealings and protecting assets and developing players? Like, just just if if he's not playing for us next summer, that is a very very bad piece of football admin from us.
0: Let's discuss the goals. We don't have to go first half, second half because it was one of those sort of games. Three goals which um, caused great amusement to many a Swindon fan, but it doesn't really matter how they go in, really, as, as the cliche would go. Goal number one, patient build-up play, starting from the back, resulting in a first-time cross by Romeo Hutton, which finds the head of Rashan Hepburn-Murphy. Really important goal for him. Lovely stuff, this one.
1: Yeah, it was really really nice goal, wasn't it? Um, I particularly enjoyed um, Romeo Hutton's uh, cross on this. And... It, the, the defensive structure from Harrogate is absolutely appalling. Um, both centre halves get sucked under the ball with Austin, and and nobody's picking up. Um, Hepa Murphy's in, in that Murphy in that gap between the right centre half and the right back, and um, you know he's not the he's not the biggest guy, and I can't imagine a headed goal is is is, is in his sort of um, go is his go to move. But he was given so much time and space there, and it's a really really smart header back across the goal, and yeah, fair play to him. He uh, he looked good, didn't he? I thought, especially first half. Um, he clearly, more, Jody Morris clearly believes in him, and I think I think he's benefiting from that. And um, I really enjoyed his his attitude and his willingness to almost repay and make up for the, the the Newport mistake. So, really, really delighted to see him get 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 off the mark, and and hopefully that's the first of many for us. Would you would you get him? Would you put a contract in front of him as well as Meketre at the moment? Because he's only here until. He? Oh,
0: I think he's here longer, isn't he? I might be wrong. Uh, he got a little bit over eager after scoring his brace. He tried a few glamour moves, which didn't pay off, which caused great amusement. But uh, yeah, it was great to see him confident and moving. And I really wanted him to get that hat trick, <laughs> but but it wasn't to be. I mean, his second goal. <laughs> Well, um, it was one of those. It was one of those efforts where if he if he hit it properly, it's not going in. Uh, Wakelin, cross hits the heel of a Harrogate defender. It makes its way to Rashan Hepburn Murphy, whose miss-hit effort finds its way to go. Hey, I, I enjoyed every bit of it.
1: Yeah, look, he probably deserves a bit. Like I'm trying to, you know, if you think back to two or three the big chances that he's he. You know, I, there was one where he did everything right, and and the keepers made a good save. So he's had two or three where he's done all the, all the right things and, and not got the goal. And this one, he scuffs it off his heel and, and it, it it rolls into the corner. Just on him sort of trying too much, I think he's always going to do that, right? I think we've seen that. At least at least in this game, he was doing it because he was high on confidence on the back of two goals. Um, so, yeah, you know, he is a bit of a wild card and he does seem to have a really good um, relationship with, with, with Charlie Austin as well, which I think... Um, Hopefully, is is going to get the best out of both of them for the remaining dozen games or so. So, yeah, I mean, f- fair play to him; he deserved he deserved a break and he, and he got it, didn't he?
0: Oh, he certainly did, and he is indeed contracted only until the end of the season. So, yeah, especially if we're in League Two next year, he could be very useful.
1: Yeah, I agree. I'd um, you know, you want to talk about finding these boys and. Picking out, picking out the lads who are who are undervalued on, in the market for whatever reason, and then there's no there's no point in doing that, and they're not keeping all, keeping all of them, is there? So uh, but he's got he's got more than enough about him to be around the place. I think I think for the next couple of seasons. Um, so yeah, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed we get to see him. But the other risk is clubs at a higher level. You know, if you were if you were a London based League One side, you're going to be looking at. McEachran, surely. I mean you you you'll be aware of him anyway, because you know, any, anybody worth their salt is aware of it, aware of him. Um I'll let people make their own jokes about whether Sandra D. McKelly was aware of him before Jodie Morris signed us or not. Um but the fact that, you know, I guess we've been his guinea pig really in terms of is he capable of of playing football league um games routinely, regularly, Saturday, Tuesday. You know, if he carries on like he is and gets another ten, twelve, fourteen starts, if you're, I don't know, say Charlton or whatever, then then surely you're going to be sniffing around him for the for for a for a league one playoff push, you would think, wouldn't you? Um,
0: oh, it's Stevenage if they go up. That's the sort of contract. That, it's going to be those sort
1: of moves. No, that, even the Steve Evans side, he'd, he'd just get a neck ache, wouldn't
0: he? Or <laughs> well, MK Dons as they go down, you know. yeah that, but, that, that, that sounds... his brother, Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, that sounds like the one, doesn't it? That's yeah. that, that sounds like the sort of, um, probably by Carl Robinson having made his return exactly. um, in the summer. Yeah. Oh, well,
1: luckily, Rich, God. we're we're, um, we're really, really good at um, football admin and getting people to sign contracts in time and all that sort of stuff. So I'm sure there won't be any glitches at all in going into the summer. Yeah, that's a dig. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
0: yes, it is. It wasn't a perfect day because Brennan got injured, looked pretty bad. I... I, I, I ashamed to say i haven't seen any updates on that i don't know if there have been but he was down for a long time and or oh, they took their time taking him off i think every step probably hurt the poor lad and that that takes us down another centre back so we have to be expecting a new signing in the coming days
1: yes so the one thing that i want to say about this is um this is the the, the situation we find ourselves in is absolutely by choice. We have chosen to go into this period with the with with the number of centre halves that we have. I feel terribly sorry for Jody Morris to walk into the building and walk into that situation because it wasn't his doing. Above him, this is an active choice. This is these are the consequences of the decisions that you make. And the morning after the deadline day um, shenanigans, we all knew. It was utterly ridiculous to let our captain walk away for free and not replace him. And it's only been proven, right? It's only been proven. Um, it it's it. We will we will fail this season, partly because of the decisions that were made in January, um, and somebody has to has to be held account for those decisions because it it is bonkers. It is, it, but more importantly on a human level, I really feel for. For Brennan, he's had a he's had a bit of a stop start campaign, but I actually think that he was probably in the best nick he's been all season over the last couple of games. Um, but by memory, apart from one comp comedic slip, he was good at Sutton. Uh, he was—I don't remember him sort of being at fault for any of Salford's major chances, and and, and that was a, a big clean sheet up there. And and he started started yesterday, absolutely fine as well. So. You got to feel really, really sorry for the lad, and you've also got to feel for Jody Morris because he has been absolutely done over for the one of the better phrase um, with the with the squad planning on deadline day, and and now we are where we are. So you either, I mean, even if you go with Minter, that still that that takes away tactical flexibility because you can't play three centre halves really. You can try, but someone's out of position. Um, you, you, or you're relying on a, a young kid in his first EFL season or you're relying on somebody playing out of position all the while heaping more and more and more pressure on Tom Clayton who has had a really good first season in the Football League but God, it's not fair to expect him to be the experienced pro marshalling that back line for the next 12, 14, 16 games. Um, So, yeah, really, really, really frustrating. If you had to guess why the club
0: have decided to go down this road, because it's not been like last season. We have had injuries this season, including to Tom Clayton. Why do you think they decided to roll the dice on that? Do you think it's budgetary? Or, or, I mean, it can only be, can it?
1: But then if it was budgetary, that would suggest the budget was reduced in January.
2: Yeah, yeah. Mm.
1: Because we had enough defenders for the first half of the season. (laughs) <laughs> and then we chose to we chose to uh get rid of some and not replace them i don't know i don't know and, and look if we had an open and transparent club then then maybe we'd find out um but we, the, the chances of us of, of us finding out a slim do we have a right to find out that's a, that's a debate and a conversation for another day ultimately as fans um who put their hard earned money into the, into the club? I think it's super frustrating to see really, really, really obvious mistakes being made, and no one publicly being held accountable for them. So, who knows what the reason behind it is? It I I would guess McDonald wanted to go, and this is all guessing. McDonald was wanted out no matter what, um, and the only way out was for us to terminate his contract, um, and we. Have tried and failed to replace him. Malachi Fagan, Walcott, of course. Exactly, exactly. So the 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 only I want to put it down to human errors in terms of execution, not human error in terms of strategy. So we tried out, tried and failed is better than thinking this was a good idea. If that makes sense. Yeah, I hope so. Because if we think this, if we if if we think this is a good idea, then we're really screwed.
0: A learning curve then for the club but something that did happen in January was the return of Joe Tomlinson who who returned to the club on loan from Peterborough and the town end ruddy love Joe Tomlinson full-on he's one of our own uh, Joe Tomlinson doesn't quite work but they gave it a good go uh, and he was you know thumping the badge at every opportunity, you know, geeing up the crowd, which is good to see. And he, with about 12 minutes to go, he out George Thompson, uh, but his attempt to blast it ricocheted off Anthony O'Connor, which allowed Tomlinson to head the ball towards the goal, kind of hopefully more than anything. But Tom Eastman on the line probably could clear it, but just wax it in. L- splendidly awful stuff. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, God, it was such a... It's it just such a bad goal, but, but enjoyable nonetheless. And and with the Joe Tomlinson stuff and, and the town and reaction, I think it comes back to what I was saying right at the top, right, when we talked about atmosphere. The, there is very little for the crowd to connect to in this squad because everyone's new and anybody we cared about has been ripped out and sold because they're over the age of 21 or whatever. Like, there is very little to connect to. So when you... When you do have someone like Joe Tomlinson, who A is a local lab, B does have some history with us, and C, most importantly, is super engaging, really nice guy in, in every sort of um, in in every sort of uh, media um, interaction I see with him, and, and talks about his history of being a Swindon fan and watching Charlie Austin at the County Ground, you know, in his first in all of these things, it just gives us something to connect to, so it makes complete complete sense. That um, that he gave the whole place a little bit of a lift. Yeah, yeah, and it,
0: and it did only only in pockets. It was the 88th minute when things were getting a bit sort of more audible. And like I said, it was it was mostly towards Adeloy coming on. And I feel terrible for for thinking that or assuming that maybe they were taking the Mick. But Adeloy barely got a touch on the ball during that time. I, I hope it's for positive reasons other than my cynical fears.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, I'm I'm going to agree with you on this. It doesn't really make a great deal of sense, does it? I always find stuff like that quite weird, you know, like you've got lads out there who've had a really, really good game and ran around and gave gave everything for 90 minutes. You know, Romeo Hutton, pretty faultless defensively, you know, one great assist, Um, absolutely no celebration whatsoever. And then... You're just taking the piss out of, out of a lad coming on for the last five minutes. It's, I don't know, same people who are booing after six minutes, I suppose, Rich.
0: Yeah, and and, and I think that's the point which I think why why I lean towards a pessimistic because there was not one chant for any other player bef- before Joe Tomlinson came on and people like Jake Wakelin bust a gut so relentlessly for Swindon every week and they get nothing and then everyone's having a bit of a giggle and bouncing around in the in the town end when when a player who hasn't had as much luck on the pitch this season happens but you know whatever floats your boat
1: yeah exactly I think it all comes back to the same thing of like there's very little to connect to or or enjoy about it at the moment. So. If you want to make your own fun, you make your own fun. It's just just a shame that that it's got to be someone's got to be the butt of the joke, I suppose.
0: Yeah, I mean, it feels like we're being very negative, but it was it was a much needed, apart from Brennan's injury, of course. It was
1: a much needed comfortable win. Yeah, hundred percent. And I, I don't want to come across as negative. I think I think what what's really important at the moment is that we separate match match experience and, and and performances with big picture stuff, right? Because, and I think yesterday we were saying on WhatsApp, weren't we? Like, the big picture stuff, we're pretty naff at the moment. Like, January was crap. We still, haven't, still don't have an assistant manager because we've asked the Football League if we can borrow one for a bit. Um, like, <sighs> season ticket prices are going to come out this week, probably going to go up, despite the fact that the club are paying half rent um, now that now that the JV's set up. So it's all a bit, it's just a bit crap, isn't it? Like everything we do is just a bit naff. But we've got to separate that from analysing a game of football and, 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 uh, and a, a squad of 15, 16, 17 lads out there who went out and did everything that was asked of them yesterday and put in an absolutely serviceable, positive, good performance and, and registered a really comfortable home win. So... Let's 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 see where we are next week. Um, we need to put a run together to have something to fight for for the last eight ten games of the season. If we fail to do that, I think the last dozen games or so could be really really not fun. <laughs> I don't mean not fun in terms of angry or or you know furious or whatever. I literally mean they won't be fun to go to. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I know what you mean. Luckily, we've got the week off. I was going to talk about it a bit later, but we'll do this and then finish with Man of the Match. Like, There, there were a few like concerns with the patched-up nature of the squad ahead of Leighton Orient. Leyton Orient aren't um, smashing teams week in, week out. They drew this weekend against Grimsby. But it's a home game. It'll be a good crowd. You don't really favour Swindon, although, you know, we'll talk later in the week on the presser, how I'm feeling at the moment, I'm not feeling, you know, negative about it at all. But plenty of fans are like, ooh, well, we can't turn up to Brisbane Road on Saturday with plasters all over our defence.
1: We don't have a choice though, Rich, do we? Because that's what the club have chosen to do. So we've got to make the most of it. What I will say is I trust Jody Morris and Ed Brand if he exists to prepare this group of players, any group of players, better than Scott Lindsay and Jamie Day. So even if nothing else, I think you've got a management team there who will do their absolute best to take whatever squad they have available to Brisbane Road and and be competitive. What I really hope is that the fans that are travelling aren't, of that mindset. And and look, Orient, they've had a great season. And, and Richie Wellens is a phenomenal manager at this level. But they have had wobbles. You can get them. And yes, I know that we are a different team than we were last year and the year before and the year before. But actually, the last few seasons, we've been really good in the big games. <laughs> it's, it's, the not very big, it's the not very big league games that we're not very good in. Um So... I've got, I've got every every faith that we can go there and compete. Like our first choice eleven plus three or four, or five on the bench are, are more than good enough to go to Orient and compete. Um, it will just be interesting to see the choices that that Jody Morris is forced to make with regards to with, with regards to um, players and, and their availability in the back. How would you? I mean, I guess you'll talk about this in the presser, won't you? But one would assume. And low to left centre-back Tomlinson starts would be the most obvious solution.
0: It's not the right game for Minton, Orion away. That's a, that's a tricky one. I'm sure he'd disagree and love to prove them wrong. And I'm sure he was sat in the stands very frustrated this weekend with another defensive casualty and him not on the bench. But I think you're right. I think it's Tomlinson that starts.
1: Or Kaji. Um, yeah.
0: He was the, fine, the, wasn't he? he yeah, was, uh, he was fine, fine. He wasn't
1: tested. The, the, the argument for Kaji is it gives you more balance. It, allow, it allows you to play Clayton at left centre half. Because we also have this weird thing with our, um, our defenders that we have way too many left-footed defenders. Um, when you think of Blake Tracy plus Clayton plus all of our left backs... Um, and let's also not forget, Blake Tracy is a left back first and foremost. So, if we're having a debate about centre halves, so I wouldn't even bring him into it. That was, that was a last. That was a last resort before the actual last resort. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they line up. Um, I thought Ellis had been a bit better the last couple of weeks after a really really dodgy phase in January. You wonder whether how how much of that was was linked to him possibly moving away or or, or not. Um, and it's now a case of getting his head down, working with Morris to, to have a good. A good end of season, and and you'd expect it to be his last, his last period with us. So, um, be interesting to see how that plays out next weekend. But oh, irrelevant, we we have enough talent in that team to go to Orient and compete. Um, and and so long as we do that, then I'm sure I'm sure the fans that are traveling will have a great
0: day. Now here's hoping. Finally, man of the match, the listeners gave it to Rashan Hepburn Murphy, along with uh, the sponsors from the day. Are you happy with that? Yeah,
1: yeah. I think you, I think you got it right. I think he he was he was ultimately the difference and he he secured a really a really comfortable day for us with a with a couple of um finishes of varying quality but they all count the same and yeah. I, I what I would say is uh, I I really really enjoy watching George McCreery. I, I, he wasn't man of the match yesterday. Um he didn't, you know, he didn't impact the game as much as uh, as much as Murphy did, but um he he is he really is a a pleasure to watch at this level. So yeah, shout out to him and um I think Romeo Hutton was, was outstanding again. And it, he everything everything he does going forward is, is so da- so um so dangerous and he's he's got real quality when he when he gets that opportunity to put the ball in as well. So yeah, a couple of notable mentions, but you've got to give him Hepha Murphy, I think, have you? Absolutely do. And there we go. And I think that'll do for this one, Terry. Terry, thank you very much. Nice one, Rich.
0: Hello, Strangers is an independent supporter's podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club or their official partners. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork was designed by Matt in Singapore. What a guy.
2: Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Hello, bubble.